Hi, everyone, and welcome to Signature West Podcast. I'm your host, Sam West from Palm Springs, California. My guest today is Lauren McPherson. Lauren is a mother, a wife, a mother to two boys, Patrick, 29, Neil, 24. She's also a mother that endured what no mother should endure. She's here today to tell us her life story, what happened, how is she healing, how is she thriving, and um, here she is. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Sam. How are you? <clears throat> I'm good, and yourself? I'm very good. I hope I do you justice in this next half an hour. Um, Thank you. <laughs> it's not an easy topic for me, at least, so bear with me here. Mm-hmm. So you, um, you've been married for 30 years to David. Yes. Um, long time. Congratulations. Thank uh, you. That's a lifetime. And you have two boys um, with David, mm-hmm. Patrick, 29, and Neil, 24. Yes. Um, tell us what happened or, or what you heard on October 25th, 2018. Um, I was at work and, um, I'm, I am a dental assistant, so I don't have access to my phone all the time. And we were in the middle of a really big procedure and I saw my husband's truck in the parking lot and I thought that was odd. But at that same time, I knew, I knew something was wrong and I knew it was about Neil how and do you know like what well you have you have it's Patrick. Just mother's intuition. Okay. Just my gut told me something's happened to Neil. Okay. And I could hear the front door office and then the assistant came in and said, Your husband's here and I that was uh, I knew it. I knew it. I saw him and I just kept You knew that something him. was wrong or you knew I, or you knew what happened? I knew something was wrong, but I didn't know what. And when I saw David, I just kept saying, just say it, just say it. Right. And, uh, and he did. What did he say? He said, uh, Neil killed himself. And I put my hands over my mouth. And I remember thinking, why aren't I crying? Why don't you I, cry? <clears throat> um, I, I did eventually. Um, and I remember thinking, are the police sure he's gone? Did they, did they take his pulse? Are they 100% sure? Because maybe he, um, he survived because David said he, he did it with his gun. David said that to whom? Uh, told me. He said he, he, I said, what happened? And he said he shot himself. Oh, so your husband came to you and he said that, that Neil shot himself with his gun. Yes. So Neil owned and- the gun. Neil, Neil lived in Arizona. Uh-huh. He owned several guns. Right. He and I had gone out on a couple different occasions out in the desert to go shooting. It was a hobby. He and I, it, it, was, it was nice to be able to connect to him on that level. On that level. Because on a 24-year-old son, he doesn't have a whole lot in common with his mom. So and, you're okay, it, you, and you're okay to accompany him on a habit, adventure, uh, outing. That included Absolutely. guns. With Absolutely. Axe. Because I was also um, a new gun owner as well. So, okay. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you heard the news. I'm sure you went to a shock. Um, did, I know you mentioned to me that Neil had no signs of anything. No. 
Um, throughout um, college, he would tell me he would get stressed over finals and, you know, papers and all that. And I know he did see in a doctor occasionally for, you know, anxiety medications. But by the, but he was, was two years graduated out of school. And from what I understood, he was off all those medications. He only took them as needed. It wasn't a regular occurrence. I think it was just normal college exam jitters that he went through. But other than that, no, there was nothing, no warning, absolutely nothing. He had a great job. He had the most amazing friends. He had, you know, he was telling me all the plans that he had in the future, how he wanted to buy a home. He was traveling to Europe um, over Christmas vacation. He had already bought the plane tickets. So he had everything to live for. So the first thing I would ask, and if I put my, my, my head in your head, did you ever ask yourself how, not how he did it, but how and why, like why he did it? What was the reason behind this thought process? As, as you know, your son more than anyone in the world, as most mothers do. What I can do to drive myself crazy is to constantly ask myself why. So I don't. And I asked all his friends and my relatives to please don't ask yourself why, because you'll drive yourself crazy. All I ask is that you respect Neil's decision that he um, didn't want to be here anymore. So you, from, from October 25th, 2018, or shortly after, you've already made a decision that if I ask myself why, I will go crazy, so I'd rather not. Right, right. Wow. But I do, I, I, I do, in my head, I go through it. You know, right. did I not spank him enough? Did I spank him too hard? Right. Should right. I have grounded him? Right. And then did I raise a snowflake? Right. I go through everything, but I don't, I try not to do that because it's, it's too. So how often boring. did you do that for, which is self-torture? Um, <laughs> probably every day, I, but I try not to, but there's not an hour that goes by that I don't think about him. Oh, of course. But I, I try, I try not to, to, to think about why he did it. Okay. I, I try not to. You mentioned earlier, and I know you told me this, that you are, you already became or in the process of becoming a gun owner. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which one are you right now? I am a, currently a gun owner. Yes. You are a gun owner. Mm -hmm. And you've also asked the authorities that discovered David, discovered Neil, I'm sorry, um, after it was all said and done, to return the gun back to you. In Arizona, if you don't, they, you know, obviously the police took it in possession. If you don't claim it, then unclaimed property goes up for auction. Right. And I didn't want that gun used, um, you know, someone to pick it up and take it to a range and start using it. Um, I decided that I wanted possession of it. So I, had, I'm sorry. And do what with it? Um, I don't know. I just recently... Um, acquired it. It's okay. in the it's in the closet in its case. I don't plan on ever using it. Um, it's right now. It's a personal thing. It's the last thing he held. 
And even though it's the gun, even though it's not like a piece of clothing or it's a piece of art or mm-hmm. or, or a letter, it's a, it's a piece of of of, of, uh, of one machine that only has one purpose in life. Let's it, be honest. It's, yeah, even, uh, but Neil pulled Neil pulled the trigger. The gun didn't do it. Right, yeah. right. Well, yes, but even though, <laughs> yes, yes, that's a very good point. So even though you still are okay having that symbol in your house. God mm-hmm. knows if you see it one day by accident, if you open the drawer by accident, you see, oh, there it is. I I know right where it is. Yeah. So, and I go visit, um, like I have his, some of his ashes with me and I, 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 I'll go in and I'll pick up his ashes and I'll talk to, to them <laughs> like it's him. Um, yeah. So, it, it's, it's there. There are no surprises when I open a drawer anymore. So. So I guess for me, there's a, a disconnect, but I guess for as I'm thinking the thought, I think there might be some comfort that you are consciously made the decision to become a gun owner. And that was before David's incident. I mean, at least you were in that frame of mind. You might've mm-hmm. become a gun owner after. And here is a, your younger son um, took his life away with the same tool that you are using that you made a decision to acquire to learn how to use and using it for something else. You're not using it, God forbid, to do something no. crazy. So yeah, so how do you reconcile those two things together when they all, one caused, what the same, not the same machine, but the similar machine caused that to your son by him using it? Um, you know what, I, I would rather, you know, I would rather him have done it that way than to have his roommate find him hanging or an overdose on pills where he could be brain dead. And then we have to decide, you know, I respect that he did it quickly and painlessly. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though you have no idea why he did it. You raised no. him for 24 years and you have not a zero clue to what could it be. I, I like to think that Neil just decided that this world wasn't for him. He got to a point in his 24 years where he basically kind of tapped out and said, you know what, this just, this just isn't for me. You know, that's- How long did after he, the, the, you find out October 25th, that you now can say that articulated in this fashion, how long did that take? Um, it didn't take long. <clears throat> we had a, um, I call it a party for Neil, not a memorial, because right. I don't like that because right. he would have loved the party. Um, I, we had that about a month after he left and we had an open mic, a past the mic where everybody could stand up and tell a story. And halfway through it, I thought to myself, oh my goodness, I can talk to these people. And there had to have been 200 plus people in this room. And I raised my hand and I stood up and I spoke and never in all of this going on did I think that I would have the courage to, to stand up and talk about Neil. So I knew at that point, 
I, I was good. Right. <laughs> I was good. And I think it's good for the, the kids that were there and the people around me that if I'm doing okay, then they're going to be okay. But were you doing okay, really okay, or were you just looking like you were doing okay? No, I was okay. You were okay? I was okay. Yeah. How yeah. was his brother Patrick in all this? Patrick is doing remarkably well. He's been on, he's been seeing a therapist um, off and on for the past two years. Um, but I, he, he's doing okay. He's doing well. Yeah. Considering. Considering. Yes. Yeah. So we mentioned earlier that you've been married to David for 30 years. Which yes. Which is a long time. And yes. Which sound like you raised two good boys. Uh, but you're also now in the process of getting a separation. Correct. What led to that? You know, David and I grieve very differently. And I never felt comfortable grieving. I mean, there are point there. Are, I get gif different waves of grief come over me. Sometimes it's just I get teary eyed and sometimes I'm wailing. And I never felt very understood, by the way. I'm sorry. Very understood, by the way. Yes. yes um, I never felt comfortable in front of David, let alone anybody, to hear me, you know, wail like that. So after, so after 30 years of marriage, you're not comfortable seeing your husband for 30 years that you're wailing over your, your, both of your sons for what happened. Part of, um, part of what I was dealing with is in my grief was it was my grief. And <clears throat> one of my friends, uh, let me back up. When I would talk about Neil to anybody and they would start to cry, I would tell them, don't cry. I would, I would, uh, I would ask them to please stop crying. And right. in my head, it was because this is my grief. This is my son you don't get to cry over my son. I'm going to take this all on myself. And then a very dear friend of mine said, Lauren, when they cry, they're showing sympathy and empathy. Let them cry. And then all Absolutely. of a sudden it kind of snapped my brain. And now I let people cry, which was a, it is a huge step for me. So how, back to David. So, uh, yeah, I, for whatever reason, I just didn't feel comfortable. And I think a lot of it was because I, I didn't want to pull him down too. You know, if you see me break down, you're, you're going to start crying as but well. Isn't that, what, isn't that what couples are meant? I mean, I'm not, certainly haven't been married for 30 years, so I, would, I wouldn't know. <laughs> but I feel like, you know, if somebody's going to marry me, we're in this to, I cry on your shoulder, you cry on my shoulder. Yeah. You know, David and I, our marriage was at that point when Neil left, our marriage wasn't the best. Right. You know, we had already started, you know, drifting our, our separate ways. He had retired and I was still working. So we didn't, you know, we had that going on. It just, uh, David was also uh, a fireman for 30 plus years. So I think he kind of, um, uh, what I, I want to say hard hearted about things like that. Like he didn't show a whole lot of emotions. I mean, I did see him cry. <clears throat> I don't think he cried as much as I, I never saw him cry as much as I did. Well, some think, men are very different when it comes to crying. I think it's beyond right. my comprehension. He, 
he probably did it, you know, by himself, right. which is what I preferred to do around him. But if my sister was around or my best friend was around, I had no problem, you know, crying in front of them. But the, the big hard teal tears um i would out prefer to do by myself have you guys in the prior to 2018 have you were you able to cry with david over you know i don't know a cat dying or a dog broke his leg <laughs> um we did the four of us uh put our <clears throat> excuse me our dog to sleep okay. and yes uh, we all cried at the vet's office there so yes i had seen him cry no, but you also, you cried in front of him is what I'm trying to get to. So you were able to cry in front of him or weep when the dog, you know, cried. <clears throat> not demonizing the dog or... or no. It's just interesting right. to me that we're, we're humans. When it comes to certain things, we, we, we don't want to be seen that way. It doesn't matter who's the person across. Right. Um, you know, so I just find it very interesting, human behavior. And right. after 30 years, I mean, I would think, again... I've, haven't been with somebody for 30 years, haven't been married for 30 years, so I don't know. But you would think that, but I also read and heard in this situation, it's often couples cannot, they don't heal the same way. So I did hear that right. from other researchers that I've done. But right. you would think that this kind of um, heartbreak, which has only happened two years ago, it's not that long ago, mm -hmm. like you know, 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. This kind of heartbreak in a family of four which is a small family, fairly small, mm -hmm. would at least stick it together for a while because it's such a, so much to deal. You know, Patrick is in therapy. You're going through the mother thing. Father's going through the mother thing. I would assume that this would bring everyone together for a while. It did for a while. It did for a while. And then uh, another thing for me... Uh, at the two-year anniversary of Neil leaving, I went back to Arizona, to Phoenix, to the town that he did it in, and I met with um, Neil's friends and Neil's co-workers, and I text David on the day, um, the two-year anniversary, and I asked him how he was doing, and his reply was not good, and I had to stop texting because I thought that's when I start to take on his grief as well, and it's all I can do to keep my head above water that I can't take on his as well. Why did he not go with you to the uh, anniversary? Um, because we were separated the, at the time. So even during the separation, you guys could not come together, you know, hey, we're not in the same bed together, but this is our son, it's anniversary, just like he was gonna get married, it's his yeah. wedding, let's go together. You guys could not do that. No, I, I, I do better by myself. Wow. I just wanted to do it. Well, I took my I took my best friend with me, but I just did. David want to go at all? Um, I didn't. I didn't ask, and he, nor did he. Did he show? Okay. No, no. So when David showed, you know, the I'm sorry, that sound harsh. When David says not well, what was your response? I didn't reply because I couldn't. Uh, I. I, I, like I said, I, I couldn't take on his grief as well. I didn't want to talk to him or text to him to, to make him feel better because I'm just trying to heal myself. And I think sometimes that sounds a little selfish, but I have to do what's best for me in, in these situations. So, 
you know, I heard a story once and, uh, and I'm just going to put that out there because I want the listeners to also learn from your story and you know, what I've experienced. And they're a very good couple. They had three, three daughters and they're having the fourth son. And mm-hmm. the mother's birth with the son was just horrific. He almost did not make it. And I think maybe she did not make it. It was like long and tedious and, and, and all that. And he was separated, you know, in that room. And um, eventually when they um, got home, the mother's exhausted. Um, the father said to her, can you please make me some tea? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And of course, my first thing was the chutzpah of you asked her to make you some tea. Yeah. And the idea was, and she understood because they're very close to the, they understand each other. The idea was he also went through it too, just because he wasn't in the bed screaming Right. Birth. He also went through it too in a different manner. And so he might need a tea, you know, yes. and, and I'm here. So it was very, I was like, wow, I want to sit to him, go get the fucking tea yourself. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, that, that's where I was saying that I have to remember this is everybody else's grief too. Cause I like to think it's only, he was my son. This is my grief. And you don't get to grieve over him as well. And that's where I have to remind myself that he, as his father, is grieving too. So, so when did you realize that part of it? Um, I realize it all the time. I just have to remember to put that in motion. So, yeah. yeah. And how are you going to um, um, uh, implement that? You know, in a, let's say he called, let's say the next anniversary, it comes up and you text him, how do you feel? He's going to say, not good. What are you going to say? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I'll have to see uh, where my head is at that time. And what, would would... Like to, what would you like to say in the next anniversary when that happens? What would you wish you can say next time that happens? Um, that every day that you get through, you're that much stronger. Okay. That's a good response. Yeah. Good response. Lauren, um, I thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, this wasn't an easy one for me, I'll tell you that right now. Um, um, you sound like you're doing great. Um, it's not easy, and it, like you said, everyone heals differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so just do you. And w- one last question before I forget. What will you tell uh-huh. all the mothers out there that might be in a similar situation that you experienced? Mm-hmm. that have already lost a son. Um, if they've already lost their son, like I said, like what or I just daughter, said. Or daughter. Or uh, uh, lost child, a child. child yeah. Through suicide or natural causes or accidents. Um, just like a, what I would say to anybody else is every day you get through, you're that much stronger. And the pain will always be there. And I try and remind people that because every once in a while, some people will say, you know, well, when you get over this and all that, and, oh. and I am the first person to respond by, I'll never be over this. This, I just is, not the, this is not the flu. No, I just have learned to live with it. Um, but every day I get through, I'm that much stronger. Lauren, thank you again for the bottom of my heart. This was great. To the listeners, I hope this was insightful as, as I try to be every week. Um, and again, let's have compassion for everybody mm-hmm. and stay healthy. 
Till next time, this is Sam West, the Signature West Podcast. Thank you so much, everybody.